Why are kids so much heavier when they're going limp? It's like the minute you have to drag them out of a restaurant or playground, a 40-pound child becomes 100 pounds. Seriously, like their, their arms somehow no longer have joints to them. There's nothing you can hold on to. They just become dead weight. They're very difficult. Dead weight is like that. It's cumbersome. It's unyielding. It's exhausting. It's hard to grab onto. And the problem with dead weight in our lives, whether it be our child melting down in the middle of a restaurant or our emotional baggage, is that we get used to these dead places and we accommodate for them and we allow them to linger around. In fact, sometimes we end up carrying them without even realizing it. In uh, both of our texts this morning, our Old Testament and our Gospel text, we see a lot of talk around death and bones and resurrection. In reading the Ezekiel text this week about the Valley of Dry Bones, I got to thinking about Dia de los Muertos art in Latin America. And it's very whimsical art that depicts skeletons doing fun things, usually. They're having a party and they're drinking cervezas or tequila or they're in a mariachi band or they're riding a bicycle. And it's a really whimsical way and playful way of, um, of commemorating the dead and Dia de los Muertos. But when you look at this art, and it's on all kinds of things, paintings and pottery and all kinds of things. Um, it's almost, when you see these, these skeletons, it looks like they don't realize they're dead. And this text in Ezekiel reminds me of things that we don't realize are dead. Things that we've just pretended were still alive or still okay and have drug along and accommodated for. It's hard to admit something is dead. It is. Um, some of you still have VHS tapes in your closet right now. Have you watched them this week? I doubt it. If you have, great, awesome, good on you. But most of us, if we still have VHS tapes, they're just lingering, collecting dust. Some of us still have genes from before we had kids. We <laughs> Come on, y'all. Both men and women, um, you know, give up the ghost. You're never going to fit into them again, and they're out of style anyway. Um, there's all kinds of things that, that have died, and we just pretend are still alive or we're still dragging them along, acting as though it's not. Maybe a relationship, maybe a career, maybe um, an old belief or um, way of being or a way of handling things. And a lot of times nothing terrible happened um, for this dead weight to accrue. We've just gotten busy and distracted and we're used to carrying it, so we just do. And it seems too difficult to try to deal with it. Many of us have places in our lives that have become graveyards, perhaps of discarded dreams, old technology, or best laid plans. Like a valley of dry bones, like a friend gone, starting to decompose in the tomb. This Valley of Dry Bones imagery, though, is really beautiful, isn't it? I mean, it's just poignant and beautiful and haunting all at the same time. I can't even imagine the hopelessness of seeing that magnitude of loss um, stretched out across that valley. As far as the eye could see, bones, dry, picked over by vultures, 
baked in the sun, chilling, silent, and yet seeing them all must have filled the imagination with endless possibilities of mass carnage and death. How did this happen? What happened to all of these souls that inhabited these skeletons? Hopeless, long dead image like that um, is not something that is usually inspiring, and yet God invites impossible hope into this scenario. It's like the, the skeletons in the mariachi band. You look at skeletons and think that you should be depressed and sad and scared, and yet here they are playing mariachi, and no one can be depressed and scared and sad when listening to mariachi. So, the God of hope says, mortal, can these dry bones live? Ezekiel feels like perhaps this is a trick question, and so he hedges his bets a little bit. Well, Lord, if you say so. God does not just snap God's fingers um, in this scenario, in this story. God invites Ezekiel to participate in the infusing of hope into this hopeless situation with God's grace and life. So he says, prophesy, mortal. Prophesy that these bones will live. And so Ezekiel did. He put his small human voice into the void, and it was met with God's power. Bones began to rattle. Sinews started to appear and brought them together. Muscles and skin covered them, scars and eyebrows and big toes, but still, the bones did not live. So God invited Ezekiel again, prophesy mortal prophesy to these almost living bones that my spirit would come and enliven them. And so he did. He choked out another prophecy, inviting the wind, inviting that creative power of God that descended in Genesis, the redemptive genius and love, and the multitude lived. Where only a hopeless shadow of pain had been, a story of hopelessness and death, new life sprung forth. Likewise, in our gospel story of Lazarus, God shows God's power and love infusing grief with impossible hope. In the story, even Jesus was overwhelmed with grief ahead of the resurrection of his friend. The hopelessness was palpable. He'd been gone for four days. That was way past any hope. You know, back then, before medical technology, you know, somebody, they could think somebody was dead, and then they ended up not being dead. They were just, you know, sort of in a coma situation. So, but usually the, um, the, the collective wisdom was that after four days, somebody really is dead. Then you can put them in the ground. You can put them in the tomb, and they're gone. So this four days thing was important. It was, he was gone. But God's power transformed death to life, disrupting hopelessness. In our wilderness Lent that we find ourselves journeying in right now, it feels sometimes like an impossible place that is full of dry bones. Like past the fourth day and our best friend has got to be stinking by now. There's just no hope. What are we going to do? Plot, you know, the stock market plummets. The 
more and more people every day are going on um, on unemployment. We're not sure what's going to happen next. There seems to be little hope, and we've watched as our neighbors here in Skagit Valley fall ill with a virus that has marched across the globe. We watch in horror because we can't do anything about it. We can't restart the economy. We can't bring a casserole to someone or hug them or attend a memorial service or a prayer vigil. We're trapped in our homes with our fear and our dead things. And as we sit here, uh, we realize maybe that in all of our hustle and bustle, we've been missing out on connection. We've been dragging around things that were dead that we thought were still alive. And now that we've stopped in this forced shelter at home space that we're in, we might realize we might have the time and space to recognize some of the things that we have accommodated for that we've dragged along. We might be able to see things that need life infused. We might need to see how God is calling our heart to prophesy, even over our own lives. Prophesy, mortal. Prophesy. Tell God to breathe new life into your broken dreams, into your broken relationships, into your hopelessness. I saw a funny tweet this week and it said, Finally getting a chance to spend time with my wife. Turns out she's a really nice person and she works in sales. (laughs) Now, obviously, this is hyperbole, but is it possible that maybe we have gotten a little disconnected from one another? Disconnected from ourselves? None of us expected to give up quite this much for Lent, and yet here we are. Might there be gifts embedded in this disruption? Might there be gifts in recognizing that this is a valley of dry bones and the only thing that can help and infuse life into it is the Spirit of God, the breath of life. We thought that we had it all together. We thought that uh, everything was going smoothly and then suddenly we were hit with this curveball. But this difficult time can be if we choose to embrace it, unaudit of our lives. Sitting around in dry bones may be at first. And then an opportunity to watch as God uses our small voices to prophesy, to bring life in places that we've been dragging along for a long time. Joy in deep sadness, hope, and impossible situations. There are questions that we have that only the depths of your heart filled with the Holy Spirit can answer. So look around. Open your heart to God. If God invites you to prophesy into your life, do it. Trust that impossible hope. We have this disruption, and we have been given this opportunity to lift our small wavering voices and watch as they are met with the power of God's redemptive love and genius. May God's peace fill you to overflowing. May the creative 
Spirit of God fill the dead places in your life with joy, with growth, with a new start. Peace be with you. Amen.